Hi, welcome to Post Status Live. In this episode, we talk with the team from WebDev Studios about the legend of the headless WordPress site. But first, let's talk about a sponsor that probably does have a head, Sandhills Development. No matter what you're looking for with your WordPress website, Sandhills Development has got the tools. they got plenty of tools to help you out. So for example, if you want to sell a digital product, boom, they got easy digital downloads. Now, if you're into affiliate marketing, that's okay. I don't judge. Use Affiliate WP. And if you need a calendar or an event manager, they have Sugar Calendar. And they have something called WP Simple Pay, which is a lightweight Stripe payments plugin. So you can craft superior experiences no matter what your website does or want you what you want it to do. And you can do it with the Ingenuity of Sandhills plugin. So check them out at poststatus.com slash Sandhills. you all in the spirit of halloween we present the legend of the headless website brad you want to take it away hey real quick can i just say uh thank you to my awesome friends who always show up like in force to with great learning which you're going to talk about today but also entertainment i mean who loves to learn and be entertained and uh, i want everybody to take a quick vote in the chat of the panelists today, who wins for best costume? Then we'll do second. Um, you guys can put in your pleas for that, but uh, more as the front-end developer dressed as a back-end developer, I think is one of my favorites. Um, but um, seriously, while you all vote, uh, I want to say thank you to Web Dev Studios. Uh, Brad and Lisa, I count as some of my dearest friends in the world. Um, both been in, in my home here where I'm uh, you know, helping a sick kiddo today, um, but always willing to um, invest in the community. And so this presentation today was a conversation Brad and I kind of started, I think, a couple months ago. And of course, if you know Brad, he, he wants to t uh, theme everything as Halloween, and I fully support that. And so he was like, what if we do a headless webinar on Halloween? I was like, heck yes, that's on brand. Plus, it's awesome. Um, so thank you all. And I'm going to put the, the tweet uh, the Twitter ID for Web Dev Studios, so you can go online and thank them for this webinar today. And you can also say like, I voted for Brad or I voted for Lisa or more or Greg. But um, so I'll do that in just a second. And then, oh, by the way, before I turn it over to Lisa and Brad and team, I want to say special thanks to WP Engine. They reached out about trying to sponsor the event and which is awesome because I know they care about it. Uh, they're going to be able to provide some transcriptions for today and some special content in the future around all this. Um, as you know, WP Engine are the makers of Atlas. And I think my understanding is um, Brad and team is going to mention that at some point along the way today because they, um, they, they're building some awesome stuff over there. So I just wanted to say a quick thanks to WP Engine, but also I'm going to put the tweet now in the chat and say, go say awesome team at, at Web Dev Studios. Thank you for today's webinar. Okay. I'm going to turn it over to you, awesome folks. Thank you so much for, for all of this and can't wait to learn some. Well, thank you for that intro, Corey. We're excited to dive in today and talk about the legend of the headless website. And I'm not going to talk like that the whole time because that would probably be tough to follow. But we have a fun presentation, like Corey said. Not only is it packed with a lot of good information, but we want to have some fun presenting it so that we can all stay engaged and um, and really uh, get this information across. We're looking forward to any questions you might have, so please drop those in the chat. We'll be happy to answer those. 
and this will be recorded so you can always share it or rewatch it if you have to drop or anything like that. So with that, let's dive in. What are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about headless WordPress. So of course we need to start with what is a headless website? What does headless WordPress mean? You probably heard the term if you're familiar with it, maybe, maybe not, but it's certainly uh, buzzing around a lot, a lot of headless discussions out there. We're going to talk about the type of websites, um, industries, verticals that uh, might benefit from a headless type of web- website or decoupled infrastructure. We're going to talk about some of the challenges, the spooky side of headless, some things you might want to uh, look into or, or some things that might be of concern. And of course, we're going to talk about the benefits of headless, the pros and cons and why some people, um, some of the real wins that you can get from uh, implementing a headless solution. We're going to dig, dig into some of the technology. Um, around a headless approach and some things to consider, some different frameworks, maybe some platforms, as Corey mentioned. Um, And then, of course, we'll get into some recommendations um, of some of the headless hosting providers that we generally work with and a lot of our clients uh, use, many of you probably will be familiar with. And we'll show off a few real-world examples to to look at some other companies and, and publications that are doing headless WordPress in interesting ways. So today we have, as you can see, I'm Brad Williams, CEO, co-founder of Web Dev Studios, along with my business partner, Lisa Sabin, freaking Wilson over there, or I should say Beetlejuice Wilson over there. We also have our headless, well, invisible man, Greg Rickaby, our director of engineering, and of course, Amor Kumar, who's one of our headless front-end specialists. And today he's dressed up like a back-end specialist, so... Um, if you can't tell, make sure to call that out. But we're looking forward to sharing some knowledge and information with you today. So, so let's dive in. All right. So what is a headless WordPress website? In order to understand what a headless WordPress website is, it helps to first understand the traditional website powered by WordPress and what it's designed to do. The traditional approach, as everybody here probably knows, puts all the candy in one big bucket. If you'd like my uh, trick-or-treat reference there. So all the candy includes all of the content data, which is your posts, pages, categories, menus, uh, all of your media files, images, audio, video, documents, uh, and all of the tech, all of the code, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, all the code, graphics, front-end and back-end development is all in one bucket served by WordPress uh, on a hosting server displayed on your website. Candy. Mm. (laughs) These days, enterprise companies and and most companies are developing websites, mobile sites, apps, digital displays, and even uh, emerging Web3 applications on, on the blockchain with blockchain apps and platforms. As digital platforms uh, have evolved, the need for more flexible solutions have emerged for some people. The answer clearly is decapitation, as Greg is illustrating over there. Removing the head. What does it mean to decapitate a website? Well, Headless WordPress website is where the presentation layer is the head, and the presentation layer is what you're viewing uh, on the website itself. So graphics, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, all of the things that make a website what it is when visitors come to interact with your website. So when that layer, which is considered the head, is separated from the content repository, which is considered the body, you have a headless website. The content repository is uh, your standard WordPress installation. Um, 
with all of the content hooked to the database, which is storing your content. Um, and it's completely separated from the front end of the website. In order to do that, uh, we're going to be going through some of the tech and some of the um, things that you can do to make this happen. But uh, once you do that, it allows you to do things like serve content from multiple channels and platforms. Because the head is separated from the back or the front end is separated from the back end, um, WordPress then can display content from, or not WordPress, but your website can display content from any location. And it can take many forms, like a website or a mobile app or any other digital display. Uh, it's a classic sort of content reuse scenario where content can be packaged and reused in different areas of the website, but it's coming from different uh, locations. Maybe it's coming from WordPress or it's coming from HubSpot. Maybe the content is coming from Shopify. Um, all of those things are served up via an API. So the content that lives in the body is delivered to the head of the website via an API for seamless display across different front ends. So again, the content is part of the body of the website. So that's the, the CMS, WordPress. And it's delivered to the head, which is your presentation layer, the website itself via uh, an API. And WordPress offers the REST API that allows you to deliver that content from the body to the head. And this is referred to as headless because the presentation layer, the head, is separated from the content layer the body, which Greg, I love that you're illustrating this whole point for me over there in your video with his head dancing around. That would be the presentation layer, by the way, dancing around in Greg's video. So who would use a headless website? Who on earth would decapitate their website? Now, here's a few use case examples for you. Uh, news and media organizations can utilize headless to accelerate the speed of content curation and publish breaking news on the spot uh, with breakneck speed. And I think, Brad, don't you have an example of something that we've recently done in the news media organization uh, industry with Headless? We'll definitely talk about that here in a little bit. Yep. Cool. Uh, E-commerce is another one where Shopify could handle the commerce part and while the headless WordPress powers the content portion of it. Entertainment verticals can uh, build a platform for artists to help uh, promote music, art, books, movies, and all of that data can come from not only WordPress, but it can come from multiple different channels fed into uh, the presentation layer of the website via an API. And then also emerging uh, blockchain platforms, Web3 development uh, examples would be like integrating with an NFT marketplace. If you're familiar with non-fungible tokens uh, like OpenSea or Rarible and let the uh, React Next.js handle the smart contract inter interactions on the front end while uh, Headless WordPress handles the content on the back end. So those are some uh, examples of use cases. I'm going to hand this over to my headless director of engineering now to talk Thanks, about Lisa. the challenges of headless WordPress. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, 
you know, nothing comes for free. Uh, so we're going to talk about the spooky side of having a headless WordPress website. Uh, the first is you've traditionally had one stack, one host, one invoice, and now you've got two. One stack, you know, hosting the back end WordPress and then the, the front end stack, uh, which would be the jam stack. So you could potentially have two separate stacks and two sets of invoices, which is spooky. By the way, if you didn't know, Jamstack stands for JavaScript API and Markup. And it was coined by Mathis Billman, the CEO of Netlify back in 2015. Here's another spooky thing about headless WordPress. We've got two stacks now, and both of them have dependencies. WordPress, of course, has plugins, and the Jamstack front end probably has NPM packages. And keeping those up to date for security reasons and to get new features is really important. However, these updates need to be carefully tested. This takes a lot of time. Upgrading a WordPress plugin may break an integration on the front end unexpectedly. So you need to have a plan for keeping two stacks up to date. When you decouple WordPress, you're essentially moving it out of the WordPress bubble. And what I mean by that is like, one of the things that WordPress is really famous for is like endless backwards compatibility. You lose some of that when you go headless. You're essentially taking the front end out of WordPress, all those familiar things like themes and plugins, and you're moving that stack to something that you're going to have to manage or a team of engineers is going to have to manage. So you're going to need some more support. Speaking of uh, themes and stuff, goodbye plug and play. These things no longer work out of the box. Customizer, previewing content, comments, even SEO, all of that needs ongoing engineering support to hook up on the front end. I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just not something that comes out of the box or is plug and play as we know it today with WordPress. Things like themes and templates. You can't just open up the WordPress dashboard, go into the, the theme dashboard and click add new and preview it and play around with it to see if you like it. You lose that ability because you're going to have, you have a separate front end that you've designed separately and you have engineers working on. Finally, formatting challenges. So when you decouple the front end or go headless, your front end has all the CSS. It has the styles for maybe your Gutenberg blocks or a page builder or whatever. How do you get those styles back into WordPress? So when you're editing in the block editor, you might have just a native Gutenberg experience without all the bells and whistles that you're used to seeing with the new block editor in Gutenberg. WordPress page builders. Um, no longer can you just like drag and drop a logo into the header or add a new widget to the header or to the footer. All of that stuff that's currently available to you through WordPress and page builders and even Gutenberg, that goes away unless you have an engineer hooking it up on the front end. This kind of ties back to the plug and play stuff, but it's something to think about if you currently run on a WordPress page builder. And now, that we've, properly, now that we've properly scared everybody, we're going to wrap it up. So have a good rest of your day. That's that's the that's the whole presentation right there. That's, everybody's Ooh. laughing, right? That's the fun part about webinars. I'm going to assume everybody's laughing at that stupid joke. But all right, we talked about the 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 considerations on the challenges with headless and things you need to think about. The spooky said, right? But let's talk about the benefits. So clearly, there are some massive benefits to headless, or else people would not be really diving into it. So one of the the biggest benefits that uh, that we've seen, especially with our clients, is around multi-channel support. So what does that actually mean? Uh, it, it means a couple of different things, but the, the the crux of it is essentially multi-channel support means when they when you publish something in WordPress in a headless 
um, setup, that data, that content can push to many different places through an API. So traditionally, when you publish something, it's just displays right on your front end, right? It's directly connected to WordPress. It shows up exactly as you expect. Now, when we publish something, yes, it could still show up on the front end in the headless environment like you would expect. You could also show up in your iOS and Android apps. It could go and post to medium.com. It could pull that data into a, a, a intranet SharePoint service. It could post a public-facing SaaS website written in Angular, and it could even go into your pr proprietary in-house framework, and it could all display and look completely different and make sure that works and looks how those platforms need it to look and work. So publish once, post many, many different places um, is a massive a benefit. It also means, again, with the front end being headless or removed, that multiple data sources can be pushing content into that headless front end. What is really powerful about this is it allows complex or you know complex systems and organizations rather than just flip a switch when they need to sunset a proprietary system or maybe an older system, they can actually have a much longer rollout. We have a client, a very large media organization that has a massive newsroom of writers to, and to flip from one platform over to WordPress in a single day is, is nearly impossible. So it actually allowed us to do a, over a four month rollout while the old system was slowly being sunsetted. The WordPress system was slowly being used more and more and more. Um, both systems are still pushing into that uh, headless front end. Um, and overall, over the course of four months, they were able to do a nice smooth transition to where all of their articles are coming out of WordPress and they can officially retire their old system. So it makes it way easier to roll out these more complex systems for larger organizations um, than it has in the past. One component that we found also is training. What a lot of people don't think about is the training aspect of it. If you have a lot of writers and you're changing to a brand new system, there's a significant amount of time that's gonna to have to be spent training and getting comfortable with that new system. Again, another way you can sunset um, into a, a newer, an older system so you can work with the newer system without just flipping the switch on a Friday or a Monday. So multi-channel support is a, is a massive win for Headless. And of course, just content, right? Content is the most important thing um, when it comes to, we talk about WordPress, talk about the web, uh, You know, content is king. So uh, having a more headless infrastructure um, is going to really get back to the idea of content first. When you're when your writers, your authors, your your uh, editors are writing content in WordPress, they can focus on the content. They don't need to focus on anything else. Focus on filling out what is there for them. Focus on adding the media and the images and the system. It will set it if assuming it's all configured correctly. Will do what it needs to do. Content will show up where it needs to show up. It will look the way it needs to look up. But it really removes some of the complexities that many of the writers face when they are really trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to look? Let me preview it. Let me go over here and see how it looks good here. But is it going to look, look good on our mobile app or on the responsive site? A lot of these challenges that can really distract from what the core of what the writers are doing, which is writing amazing content. Next up is around just uh, kind of an extension of that, but it can really speed up the editorial process, right? So again, not having these hurdles to jump through, they can get back to, to focus on that and just cleaning up the implementation. You know, if WordPress is purely storing content, right? It's going back to the roots of what WordPress is, a content management system. All that other stuff can go away. It can just be focused on WordPress and writing amazing content, a nice clean implementation that's going to really scale up your editorial team. And of course, performance, this is a massive one. And generally the reason why a lot of people get interested in the idea of headless is the performance wins. So imagine in the traditional setup of WordPress, you got your back end, you got your front end, it's all one big bucket of candy as, as Lisa showed us earlier. The problem is scalability with that. You know, as your website grows, 
you know, the performance of your server, the performance of your setup and your infrastructure um, also needs to grow. Um, I'm sure many of us have had problems where a website gets a rush of traffic, maybe unexpected or expected, and it starts to have problems, maybe caching layer issues. Maybe the database is just getting too hard on every page load. Well, by, again, decoupling and having a headless website, um, the database side of it, the back end is just focusing on the content, right? The front end is all about how, being as performant as possible and displaying that content. No longer do we have to hit databases every time we're loading a page, you know? Um, so the performance implications and, and improvements around a headless is, is generally the number one reason people really get interested and excited about headless. Massive wins. You could even have that, that, that back end hosted locally. You don't even have to have it sitting on the same server. And generally it's not going to be on the same server. Your front end could be on a highly optimized CDN that is there just to serve up the content as quickly as possible, maybe in different locales all over the world or different countries. Um, so again, that decoupled state is, uh, is massively important. And of course, work with modern technologies. The more is gonna dig into this a little bit more, but um, one of the, the, the exciting things in the web are all the amazing kind of modern web technologies and frameworks that are available. This really goes back to your goals. What is the goal of what you're looking to build? You know, what type of system you might wanna use, but React, Next.js, Vue, Gatsby, there's a, a many others The more is gonna to touch on and even more that you can dig into. It's, it's pretty mind boggling how many, you know, JavaScript <laughs> focused frameworks are out there now, but there's a lot of great options. Um, and of course, finally, it's just around security, you know, RIP hacked accounts, RIP exploits. It doesn't mean they're fully impossible, but the idea of somebody coming to your front end and, and somehow hacking into the back end of the website where they can do some significant damage um, is extremely unlikely. Again, the, your, your back end is completely separate. It could be hosted completely different behind a different domain. It could be behind, be behind VPNs and, and, and SSO and two-factor off logins. It could even be hosted locally where you just literally turn it on when you want to publish something, turn it off when you're done and your public website is humming along um, just as it is. So it doesn't mean it's impossible, but it greatly reduces the risk of security issues with your website. Now thanks, I'll hand Brad. it over to Amor who's going to dig into some of the headless technology. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Um, now let's talk about some of the headless technologies that are possible to use. Okay, so... Uh, no two projects are the same. Uh, tools that are perfect for one project might not work well for another. Uh, also, your team might be more skilled with specific tools, technologies, and frameworks. A headless WordPress gives you the flexibility to choose the right tools for the right job. Um, when you decouple WordPress from the front end of your website, you open up tons of possibilities for all these different ways to present your data. Uh, your editors still get a familiar editing experience entering all the content into the WordPress admin interface. Uh, but now your developers get a REST API to query for data, uh, allowing them to use modern web technologies. Uh, since everything is accessible through an API layer, your data can be served to iOS apps, Android apps, learning management systems, or a front-end web application framework like Next.js. Uh, the possibilities are really endless. Uh, these are examples of different headless front-ends that you can use. Uh, say your team likes React, they can use our very own uh, Next.js WordPress starter that we created. They could use Next.js itself. They could use Gatsby, uh, Automatics Frontity, or Faust.js, uh, which is a WP Engine Atlas pro product. Um, if your engineers like Vue, they have they can use ViewPress, Gridsome, or Nuxt. Um, say they like Svelte. There's Elder.js and Snapper.js, um, and there's also Jekyll and Hugo, and uh, tons more. A big advantage of using JavaScript frameworks like React is the ability to build your website using components. 
Components are awesome because they help us build consistent, testable, and maintainable sites quickly. Components help avoid code duplication, and they can also be developed in isolation. You get tons of advantages for using components. So now let's talk about some of the things we use at Web Dev Studios. Uh, we develop our headless websites using atomic design methodologies. Atomic design takes components and gives them a bit more structure. Everything is broken down into the smallest possible elements. Development begins on atoms and moves up from there. Uh, components are, are great because there's a built-in roadmap for easier project planning. Uh, atomic design leads to more robust applications. So the built-in roadmap is you start on the atoms, you combine the atoms into molecules, you combine those molecules into organisms, and then you use those organisms on templates and pages. Uh, to explain this a little further, this is an example from the Atomic Design website. Um, this is the older Instagram app. Uh, they've updated their design since then, but it's uh, this, the app broken down into atoms, molecules, and organisms. So on the left there, you can see the atoms are the individual components like buttons, icons, uh, the avatars, the actual image for the post. Uh, and then we're using those atoms, we're putting them together to build molecules, which is the post header at the top there, the post image, the action bar where you can like and comment, the amount of likes and then the comments. And then you compose those molecules into organisms and the organism is the post itself with all those things together. Uh, and then you use those organisms in templates and that's a template of a post. Uh, and then you use those, and then the last one is the actual post uh, on the page. And if you scroll down from there, you, you'll see multiple of the same post. And that just fills in all the data with the actual avatar, the actual image, and the, the real numbers of the likes and things like that. Storybook. Storybook is a tool uh, that we use. Storybook helps you develop, document, and test your components. Storybook also provides a sandbox for you to develop your components in isolation from the front end. Instead of waiting until a whole page is built before doing QA, Storybook allows you to QA as you go, testing each component extensively, including all of the props of each component and all the different states in one, in one place. Uh, Storybook also allows you to write developer documentation around, alongside your components. Uh, so this is an example of how we use stories in our headless WordPress starter. Uh, on the left there, you can see that this is a button components folder. Um, the button component is the button.js file. It has some CSS and button module CSS. And then the story is the button.stories.mdx. MDX is a markdown mixed with React code. Um, and it allows you to import your components into this Markdown file and then write Markdown for your documentation, uh, but also display your components alongside it. Um, so at the top there, you can see uh, we're describing the button. So it says, use this component to display a button, use it anywhere where you would use a link or a button element. Uh, and then we're importing the button into that story over there. And that is the button story. And then at the bottom, there's another story for sizes and it shows how to use different button sizes and it shows the size prop. And if you pass it small, medium, large, or extra large, it'll render the button in those different states to show how to use it. So this is an example of what that renders as. This is the canvas and the canvas is 
uh, where you develop the button in isolation from the rest of your app. You're just focusing on the button only. At the bottom there, it shows the different props uh, that the button takes. Um, it's really small, but uh, under sizes, you can see that it shows uh, medium, large, and slim. And this is an example from Shopify's Polaris design system. Storybook gives you tools at the top that you can use, like accessibility. Uh, it also helps you develop, uh, it helps you choose different screen sizes to see how it renders on those different screen sizes. And there's also knobs to test different use cases. An example of a knob would be the button text. So it allows you to go in there and edit the button text live and see what happens if the text gets too long. Uh, do you want the text to wrap or not wrap or whatever? Uh, and this is an example of how the markdown from the story renders. Um, it just shows the different use cases. They're laid out nicely in the sidebar. You can navigate to a specific use case. At the top there is the primary button. And then we have the danger button um, and then the slim button. And each different use case renders as its own story. And you can actually go in there and copy the code for a specific button and then paste it into a component that you're making. We also use Tailwind CSS in our headless starter. Uh, Tailwind is great because it forces developers to stay within the constraints of a design system. Uh, it's a utility framework built specifically with components in mind. Um, everyone on this team shares the same constraints that come from the Tailwind config file, and it overall makes the project more consistent because you're choosing specific values instead of arbitrary CSS values. This is an example from Tailwind's homepage of a, how you would use Tailwind. Um, it looks a little scary if you're not used to Tailwind or if you've never seen this before, uh, but really it provides a lot of structure to your components. Um, for example, you can see P8, and that means padding on all sides of eight. And eight corresponds to a specific value that's defined in the Tailwind config. And this just makes it so that, like let's say it means eight pixels. This means that uh, another developer can't come in and say, like, for example, eight, uh, nine pixels, because that would cause some inconsistencies. Also, if your uh, designer works with the same constraints that are in the Tailwind config, um, and the developers use those, you pretty much get a pixel-perfect app without even really trying uh, if there's alignment with design and development. Finally, we also use Next.js Starter. Um, it's our headless framework of choice. Uh, Next is great because it comes with tools that make developing headless sites easier. Uh, it has a built-in router so that you can create pages with static or dynamic routes to show your posts and CPTs. Uh, it comes with tools to fetch data from the WordPress REST API or any API. It also comes with optimizations for images, fonts, and scripts. It's all built in. Uh, and finally, you can easily deploy Next.js sites to Vercel, which we love. So this is just a quote from our readme of our Next.js starter. Uh, we figured out all of the hard stuff and placed the sum of our knowledge into something that both the community and our future projects could use as a jumping off point. Um, if you want to check out our starter, Brad posted a link in the chat. Uh, Brad, I think you send that to host and panelists, so um, it'll be there for everyone in a second. And yeah, you can go check it out. Uh, now I'll pass it off to Lisa for headless hosting options. Thank you, Amor. That was really great going through all of that technology. Sometimes I think that is half the battle of understanding uh, new and exciting cutting edge use cases for WordPress like this is just really understanding the tech and how to put it all together. There are some uh, 
hosting implications for hosting headless WordPress. Um, it's not, you know, your typical hosting environment that you're used to. So like, you know, usual MySQL database with your normal file system, but you need a hosting environment that can host uh, the JavaScript and the front end layer. So we use Vercel.com. You can find hosting options there for your headless environment. We also recommend Netlify.com. Of course, Amazon Web Services, uh, aws.amazon.com. WP Engine has a new uh, headless platform called Atlas. You can find information at wpengine.com slash Atlas. And WordPress VIP also has headless hosting options at wpvip.com. So those are some areas where uh, you're able to find hosting options if you are interested in implementing and executing on a headless website. And I want to end, uh, excuse me, I want to end this uh, webinar with some real world examples, um, some websites out there that you can check out. One of the things that we like to do when we talk to our clients about Headless WordPress is we give them some real world examples of sites that are out there and ask them to do things like test page speed, test performance using, um, you know, Google development tools, things like that, because the significant uh, performance and speed on these headless WordPress websites uh, tends to be its biggest selling point. So one of the more uh, popular, well-known websites that a lot of us on this call already know about is TechCrunch at techcrunch.com. Um, it's one of the biggest technology blogs and most people know that it is uh, hosted by on, or built on WordPress, but it is hosted on WordPress VIP and uses headless technology. Uh, Frontity, frontity.org uh, is, is a framework using WordPress with a React uh, JS front end and their website is also headless using and eating their own dog food. And then Beachbody On Demand, beachbodyondemand.com is a headless WordPress site. Um, they used headless to streamline the content and the content management automate things like handling uh, assets, images, videos. They have a huge video library um, and decoupling WordPress really allows them to connect it with many different endpoints um, so that they can get data from uh, a bunch of different content uh, servers and in custom formats. So that is the end of our webinar. So Headless WordPress uh, is not for everyone, but it is for some people. And we hope that we've given you a good introduction into Headless WordPress, uh, what it is, pros and cons of using it, uh, the technology behind it, and some good use cases for it. So. Uh, I know Greg has a quick announcement about this presentation. Oh, thanks, Lisa. Uh, we thought it would be very cool to end the webinar by saying that this entire slide deck is headless WordPress. All the slides are in WordPress as a slides custom post type. And what you're looking at is Lisa's screen. I know the, the web address is covered up by the recording uh, bar, but maybe Corey can share that. But this is just pulling all the slides uh, from WordPress and I built a carousel and Lisa's able to scroll through it. So headless WordPress. Headless WordPress. Thank you everybody yeah. for showing up today and um, being interested in the information that we have and 
and our costumes and, and all of that. And I want to thank, of course, Brad and Greg and Amore uh, for putting together this webinar and some of the information we presented here today. And Corey and Postatus, thank you as well. Thanks, WebDev. I'm going to put a link back to Twitter. Go online right now. This is an amazing presentation. And uh, thank the awesome peeps at WebDev Studios on Twitter publicly. Um, I've got a poll in just a second, but there were some questions. Did some questions come in that you saw that you wanted to answer, Brad or team? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple I could read off here uh, to the group here. So the first one is from the polls right in the way now. <laughs> the first one is uh, from uh, Jamie and they ask, um, how can you restrict the headless API for post content to only be usable from your front end site? That is the first question. Greg, um, Amor, take that. Uh, which question? I'm sorry, Brad. What was the question? So the question is, how can you restrict the API so the content only goes to the front, your front end, and the, you know other people don't necessarily have could could stumble upon it, maybe inadvertently sure. gain access to that API? Yeah. So one of the cool things is like uh, you can literally put WordPress anywhere. Um, so you could have it behind a VPN. You could have it behind some sort of like Apache lock. You could have it on your local. Um, and then when you build your app using whatever meta framework or a pure reactor Vue.js you want, you just point it at a certain endpoint. The end user may never know uh, where the backend lives. They don't need to know unless you're literally sourcing media. For example, our headless slides are just pulling the images from uh, a WordPress install um, across the internet into the slide deck. So, but I could have set it up to pull the images into my head into the headless app. Um, and they would be hosted locally and no one would ever know. So yeah, you can definitely do that depending on your configuration. Mm -hmm. Don't don't worry about my back end, worry about your own back end, right? <laughs> uh, can I get can I create an API in WordPress that feeds out information from my custom custom database table created in my plugin? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the WordPress REST API does uh, allow you to set up endpoints. And you can even set up fields um, and do all kinds of stuff. So, yep, I would definitely look at the documentation for the WordPress REST API and look at how you would just query the data uh, from the database and point it uh, or route it right to a, a REST API endpoint or even a field um, on another endpoint. For example, for the headless slides, I created custom endpoints. I'm sorry, custom fields that showed the slide number. Uh, that exposed the slide number in the REST API, and it, it, it took a couple of minutes to set up uh, because of, uh, you know, the hooks available that I found in the uh, REST API documentation. Well, this is a personal question, Rick, but is your costume um, safe in public? Like, do you have to even mask or are you already considered masked? I would say this does not qualify. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ashley asks, how can you utilize headless in a hybrid way? Like if you have a React form front end, but want to develop WordPress pages too? Yeah, this is another great benefit of going headless is um, you can, you would have to probably do some sort of subdomain or subfolder routing. Uh, meaning like if you had a, if you wanted to serve, let's say your posts from a headless front end. So you would set up like your website.com slash posts and maybe post is hosted at another host somewhere like uh, one of our partners um, and you would route you know, the, the headless front end to posts and then you could still use pages and then maybe slash pages or the, 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 the route of your page could just be a traditional WordPress page. It, 
going headless doesn't mean going all in necessarily. You can you can choose to do a little as little or as much as you want um, by leveraging the REST API or or plugins like WP GraphQL. So we have other questions for the awesome team at WebDev Studios. Uh, put those in the chat or the Q and A button. Um, I'm monitoring those. And while you're doing that, uh, I need to share the winner of the costume. Um, and th they didn't even know this was going to be a costume. But whoever wins either gets their choice of a signed WordPress all-in-one for dummies edition by Lisa Safe Wilson, or they get to pick between professional WordPress development by Brad Williams. See what I'm doing there? Okay, here's like the it. results. Here's the results. Congratulations, Headless Greg. Nice. So I was the editor for both of those books. So I've already read them. I don't want them. So... Dang it. I was trying to force. I Wait, knew he was going to win. I didn't get one vote. I, <laughs> you didn't get one I, vote. How did, how did, I, get, I, how did I get votes tonight? <laughs> Come on, people. Um, I think I think the, the best person won because uh, Greg's, Greg's outfit is super topical. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we give a copy away to someone that uh, watched the presentation or uh, we're happy to send them a copy of whatever book they would like. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll totally do that. I was I knew it was going to be Greg, and I was trying to get your director of engineering to uh, choose between you live, and he oh. went up to me and goes, "I was the editor, so who who you, just said no. you, you all win?" Yeah. You said no, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's violence. He, he basically said, "I've already like both. I'm part of both." So, uh, hey everybody, if you have a question for the team here, we got some time left. Um, don't let me just banter with my friends over here at WebDev. Um, but I did put the Twitter address for WebDev Studios in the chat. Go say thank you to them today. Um, I've known Brad and Lisa for, gosh, over 10 years. They're some of my dearest friends in life. And uh, this has been an awesome um, webinar. So again, if you have questions, here we go. It looks like one's coming in. Uh, post those in the Q&A button or the chat, whatever works for you, and I'll be monitoring those. Okay, should the next, you know I'm not a developer, so I don't know if this is correct, correctly written. Should the next.s be next fully, JS. okay, next.js be fully static? It static props versus server-side props. Sure, yeah, it can be. Um, it really depends on the type of content you're serving. Um, I would, you know, recommend if, you, if it's a basic WordPress install with like static content for pages and posts, and you're not publishing all that often, I would recommend going static and then using incremental static regeneration, which is a feature of Next.js to query for new content, maybe every 15 minutes. That way you'll always have the latest content out there uh, and your website will still be blazing, blazing fast. Um, another, uh, you know, use case uh, maybe for a semi-static or using server-side props might be something where the data is more uh, dynamic and needs to be displayed in real time. At that point, I would use server-side props and do, like if you have a dashboard or some sort of app, maybe tracking NFT uh, prices or something like that, you want that to be more real time. So I would say to answer that question, you need to look at your content and say, is this static content or is this dynamic content? What's great about Next.js is you get the option to choose one of three different ways to serve it. Thanks, Headless Greg. Okay, so Anonymous asks, Headless WordPress versus Content Hub. What are the differences and similarities? I am not familiar with Content Hub. But there's there's a hundred of them out there, you know. 
contentful is another one that I've seen being used. And, and really it's, it's all about the, the editor experience and what your preference is. Personally, I'm, I'm a little, um, a little biased on, on the WordPress and the editing experience. I've been using it for more than a decade and I just didn't, I, WordPress has got the editing experience down. So that, that is the, the content repository or the CMS that I, I prefer. Lisa, don't a lot of clients prefer WordPress too to other CMSs? They do. They do. I mean, all we do at Web Dev Studios is 100% WordPress all the time. And that, that is not just a reflection of our preference as a company, as developers, but also a reflection of our client base and what they are requesting. Uh, and that's WordPress. I mean, it's no secret WordPress powers almost 45% of the websites on the web today. And there's a reason for that. Hey, um, here's the question. It says, what's, the what's your recommendation for new developer trying to migrate from traditional WordPress to headless? Go slow. JS starter. <laughs> yeah, go, go slow. Um, First of all, you need to be familiar with, you know, uh, React or Vue. Um, if you go on top of that, you've got Next.js uh, or Gatsby, which provide you really great options for uh, out-of-the-box integrations. Like Next.js has the WordPress example. Gatsby has a WordPress plugin, I believe, that allows you to just point at a REST API endpoint. So I would start there um, and then really try to master, like, what Amora was going over with like the atomic design storybook components, building your components in atoms, uh, organism, molecules, organisms, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I would, I would go slow. That's my recommendation. So in next I, have a, <laughs> I have a question for you, Greg, and this is sure. a conversation that I see happening a lot in the developer community, but that is, uh, next JS versus Gatsby versus view. We've chosen as a company Next.js. Why? Sure. Um, the dynamic ability, the dynamic integration with incremental, like the features that come with incremental static regeneration, as well as server-side uh, generation. This is really bothering me there. Um, <laughs> like costumes falling apart. I'm also sweating profusely, by the way, because it's really hot wrapped in all these bandages. Um, yeah, so Gatsby... Uh, man, Gatsby came out of the gate several years ago and was very, very popular. Uh, we tried, you know, I gave some presentations internally and was trying trying to get the company to, to make a turn a little bit toward using Gatsby. We even pitched it to some of our enterprise level clients. At the time, they didn't buy into it. They weren't sold on the Jamstack or anything like that yet. Um, what bothered me about Gatsby, and I'm not this is me. And this is like, this is what's great about the internet and having a million JavaScript frameworks is people have opinions. What I didn't care for in Gatsby is how, how, just how opinionated it can be. You're really locked into their plugins, their ecosystem. You really have to, everything is built ahead of time. I know they're making changes and they're trying to go uh, kind of the way Next.js is going, where things can be dynamic and it's not always going to be built and take a really long time to build your site all at one time. And I know they've made a bunch of improvements. So please, you know, don't, I don't want the comments. No hate. No hate. Yeah. But the reason we chose Next.js was the incremental static regeneration for a, a specific client we had last year. They needed the website to be static for some content and they needed it to be dynamic. 
we were building a dashboard. It needed to look like an app. It needed to pull information in from Salesforce. It needed to pull it in from Miro, which is an event management system from WordPress, all these different endpoints and certain parts of the website needed to be dynamic. And at the time, Next.js gave us the option to do dynamic pages or static pages, depending on the route. So for us, that was a no-brainer. Plus, I love that Next.js, you've got like Create React app, which doesn't bring any tooling. So you have to like kind of bring your own Webpack config. You've got Next.js, which brings a lot of that config and that tooling with you that Amora was talking about. And then you've got Gatsby, which brings a lot of opinions. I like that Next.js is kind of in the middle. It gives you this, the, the tooling you need to get started quickly where you can just build components and make quick decisions like how am I going to route this page and if, is it going to be dynamic or static? So I know I'm rambling on, but this is one of my favorite topics. And uh, that's the reason we took uh, the Next.js route is we liked that we could do static and dynamic content at the same time. And did I ask the right question, huh? <laughs> Funny how I knew exactly what question to ask you. <laughs> I think you, uh, you've done this before, Lisa. Um, hey, Amor, would you mind sharing what you just put into the chat for the recording? We'll put it in the show notes, but I think that was really good, and I'd love to hear it from you, um, your, your advice there. Sure. Uh, well, I'm just uh, replying to that question about what's the recommendation for a new developer trying to migrate from traditional WordPress to headless. I think the first step is to just learn either React or Vue or one of the JavaScript frameworks. Uh, learn the basics of that first. And then you can start getting familiar with the WordPress REST API. Uh, maybe use the classic editor um, and not Gutenberg yet, because Gutenberg comes with some complications for headless websites. Um, and, and then three, uh, develop a simple blog, like just with posts using the WordPress REST API and your framework of choice, so React or Vue or whatever. Uh, and then try to build the same site using Next.js or our WordPress starter or uh, one of those other meta frameworks that are built on top of Vue or React that we talked about during the presentation. Uh, I think that's a good roadmap. It, yeah. Learn JavaScript deeply, right? We mm. heard that heard that years ago for a reason. Oh, that's true. If you don't have a JavaScript background too, before you even pick up React or Vue, I would uh, learn the JavaScript more deeply, uh, the basics of just vanilla JavaScript, and then go to the, and then start at step one. Real quick, want to thank again Web Dev Studios, Brad and Lisa, longtime friends of mine, always bring entertainment, but awesome value to this. Thank you for all the time you did put into this. And then being so willing, all four of you, to share your experience and expertise with the broader WordPress community. And as a side note, real quick, I want to say thanks again to WordPress Engine, WP Engine, excuse me, gosh, I've been doing that lately, WP Engine, uh, for um, making the transcript and all the back end stuff that makes these things um, possible and helpful and accessible to all. Um, we'll be having, I'll be having an interview on their Atlas project that the team here mentioned among several of the options out there in WordPress. Um, but anyway, be sure and say your thanks to, uh, to the web dev team here today. Um, what other, I want to make sure I didn't miss any questions. Anybody else have any thoughts, Lisa, Brad, Amore, Greg, or any questions I missed? I need um. I don't have a question, but like, I need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Just a statement. And itchy, and this this makeup is like sticky. So this is this is what I do for you, Corey, because I love you. I I suffer. I suffer. <laughs> you, 
Did you see uh, the my title here? Your what? My title on my Zoom name. Um, oh. Corey Miller, holder of, of LSW Scum. Holder of my gum. Uh, real quick, real quick uh, story. I first met Corey in uh, Chicago in 2009. Uh, first word camp Chicago ever. Um, I went up to, on stage to speak, but I had a mouthful of gum and I didn't know what to do with it. So I took it out of my mouth and I'm like, Corey was standing right there. And I said, will you hold my gum? And ever since 2009, he's been the holder of, of my gum. So my business thank card. You. Uh, and then Brad and I have numerous stories that are definitely not fit for a Zoom webinar. It's a very different webinar we'll do. It's on your OnlyFans account. <laughs> Something like uh, that. Greg and Amore, I look forward to more of these too. And um, I love how you all shared just so openly. And again, Greg, winner. We'll figure out something to send to you from Postos for winning the inaugural Headless sure. Halloween by way of the towel. Make sure we'll get the like performance wear. You have gauze. It should be, isn't it absorbent? Yeah, it's absorbing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I do like your post status hat there, Corey. Oh, uh, you yeah, got we, that or whatever you want coming your way. We would Greg. all like one, all of us. Would okay. Like Everybody here? Okay, I'll get your addresses offline. Yeah. I, I do too, except Lisa, what do I do? What's the protocol? Do you all have an opinion? Should it be yes. curved or should I can't rock curved. a flat hat? Like curved. Curved. it needs to be curved. I can't curved. do flat. Okay. I, I like curved also. Okay. Okay. Um, good. If Lisa said don't even wear the hat, I'd be like, okay, I can't wear the hat. <laughs> you definitely should wear the hat. And you definitely should send the hat. So I'll send four. Coming up. I'll get your addresses offline. Um, hey, WebDev team, anything you want to share before we wind this down and say thank you for your time and, and sharing today? Uh, if you have any questions, I'm on Twitter at Greg Rickaby uh, or at WebDev Studios, obviously. I'd love to chat. Uh, you know, more Rebecca, Darren, the whole like Next.js team here at WebDev Studios. We've kind of seen and done it all. So if you have any other questions, uh, please reach out and we'd love to answer them and work with you on it. So. Yeah, definitely check out our blog, webdevstudios.com slash blog. A lot of topics on headless, a lot of developer topics. So if you're looking to learn more, there's a lot of great content on our blog. I'm trying to put the link in there and we'll put it in the show notes too. Well, hey, you four, thank you so much. I hope these are going to be able to be recycled in a couple of days when you take your kids or family uh, trick-or-treating. But uh, thank you for an awesome webinar. And thanks everybody for joining us at Post Edits Live here. Uh, we'll see you in Slack. <laughs> I love it. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Got it. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, everyone. See you.